0: Welcome to the Audiobook Speakeasy. I'm Rich Miller, and I'm your host here at the Speakeasy. This is where you'll meet narrators, coaches, engineers, and other audiobook professionals, as well as some listeners who will be sharing what they look for in a good audiobook. If you're interested in audiobook production, you've come to the right place. Tonight's Speakeasy Chat is being brought to you by Squeaky Cheese Productions on the cutting wedge. You can find them on the web at squeakycheeseproductions.com. Tonight's chat is also brought to you by David Stevers' Raven Rain, book three in the Johnny DeLaRosa thriller series. A hard-charging, hard-boiled detective who enjoys beautiful women and top-shelf bourbon, Johnny DeLaRosa's past collides with his future when hired to stop a blackmail scheme against a local celebrity, former pro football star turned car dealer Stan Shelton. He's pressed into a fourth-and-long with the clock running out as his journey to find the truth and clear his client spirals into an abyss of deceit and death. Noir for the 21st century, Raven Rain, narrated by Bill Lord, comes to audio in October 2020. And now, come on in, grab a drink, pull up a chair, and join us for a friendly chat about audiobooks. I have a returning guest joining me in the speakeasy tonight. Back in April of 2018, oof, time flies, sometimes it's hard for me to believe I've been running this speakeasy for almost three years now, we had a great chat about Detroit, audiobook engineering, and the importance of having your work evaluated by a professional, among many other things. Don Barnes, welcome back to the Audiobook Speakeasy.
1: Oh, thanks, Rich. It's, uh, it's a blast to be back, and hard, hard for me to believe it's been two and a half years, and I don't think you were a beginner at that point, because I know I wasn't. How long have we been doing this at that point? Because you and I kind of, we knew each other right in the very beginning. Do you have any rough idea?
0: Yeah, so I started, the first audiobook that I've got on Audible was from uh, September 2014. So it was six years. (laughs) So I wasn't a beginner, but I also hadn't learned a whole lot by then. I'd only been to one APAC. Okay. Um, gotten some coaching. I, I had learned quite a bit, but as you well know, there's so much to learn in this business, um, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that I really, I feel like at that point I was kind of still a beginner, maybe a late beginner, but I was still a beginner. Um, now I think that I'm like just past beginner and I've got a long way to go before I get to the expert level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's so funny. So, I mean, I, we started almost the exact same time in terms of audiobooks. I mean, mm-hmm. I, strangely, I've been recording for over 40 years now in that I started doing music back when I was about, I think I was 17, 18. Mm -hmm. I, I, I took a job. I got a job in a recording studio and learned, and I, I took a class and then they hired me and because they hired me, uh, I was around all these great engineers and, you know, I was kind of go, ah, this is amazing. And I was really (laughs) happy with that. And I sat next to a guy who was cutting master records and he taught me how to do that. And uh so audiobooks though, my adult son is really what got me started in this whole thing because he had been a sports broadcaster and he thought, oh, mom's a great actress and you're great with the tech stuff and it's recording. And so I think our first book is somewhere in that same I know it's twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. I don't know I I couldn't tell you the exact uh you know the exact day or sure, which yeah. month? Like you, you are a better person than me to know which month you started. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I don't think better. So. I think maybe just a little more. Uh, <laughs> I I just I've kept track of that a little bit more, just so that I know how long I've been on this journey. And yeah. uh, when when people are are just starting out, and you get the sense that maybe they're thinking, "Well, I'm going to make a quick buck, and this is going to be great. I know how to read." Um, it's, it's something that I've kept track of so that I can let people know, you know, it, it took me five years before I felt like I was like on the second rung of the ladder. I mean, it, it really did take me that long. And, and then after that, I kind of feel like I'm in the, on maybe the third rung at this point. It's a, it's it's a ladder with a hundred rungs. And so I got a ways (laughs) to go, but I, I I, feel like I've at least (laughs) gotten a little bit higher and I've met so many great people along the way. So, uh, so Yeah.
1: Well, my, my comment on that is I think you're being modest. I'll put you up at about uh, rung, maybe 93, no, not a but, but, but you've been around a lot of people and yeah, um,
2: yeah, there
1: is some wisdom or there is some interesting things about people that have, you hang around this for a while. You do pick up things, whether you intend to or not. And then because you talk to so many people, you've become a student of this and you hear yeah what other people have done, what they haven't done, what they like, what worked, what didn't, and you get so many diff, different points of view You know, hats off to you. One of the things that I think the people coming in right now is they do think it's a, well, my mom told me I have a great voice, Mm -hmm. and uh, my brother thinks, and my dog thinks I have a great voice too. Um, (laughs) But it's not just reading, and and it's a business, and I do think a lot of people come into this with thinking that they're going to make great money short term, and I think it's been said a hundred times, this is a great business to make money. But it is a very, very tough business to make quick money. Yep. yep. And I don't see most, there are a couple exceptions. And, and, and when you hear these exceptions, usually they had something else going on before, which gave them a leg up and mo- other people from the outside might not see it.
0: Yep. Yeah, that, but, that's common. I, I think it's also the case that there are some people who, uh, you know, hats off to them. it's not the path that I chose because I didn't think that physically I, I'd be able physically or mentally I'd be able to do it. But there are people who who work 16 hour days and longer. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know again hats off to them. Everybody's journey is different. everybody approaches yeah. it differently um, whatever some some and sometimes it's just luck. I mean, sometimes it's who you get in front of, who you talk to, and it's and it's just luck. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with working, you know, super extra hard. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, letting it take longer. Everybody's path is different. Uh, and uh, and so anyway, that's that's where I'm at. And you you've been in audiobooks for the same time, but you have a lot of engineering experience. So I'm I'm glad to have you back to let me know what's changed in the last two and a half years. I was surprised when I looked up our episode episode twenty. (laughs) to find out that it was two and a half years ago. Uh, It was really a little bit of a surprise to me um, because I don't keep track of the speakeasy quite the way I've kept track of the books that I've done and, right. uh, and so I, I was like, wow, two and a half years. Yeah. A lot, a lot might have changed. So we, we can discuss all that. But first, since, uh, since you're back in the speakeasy, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, the last time you were here, you had some white tea with pomegranate infused with <laughs> lemon ginger echinacea, echinacea juice. Yeah. So I'm wondering yeah. if, if tonight is another tea night or if you've got something different going on.
1: No, uh, sometimes, some days I'm drinking so much. I, I always have a full glass every full, I do video conferences or video chats with people virtually all day long. And I always have a, every one of them, I start with a full glass of either tea and tea and a little bit of lemon, lemon juice, lemon. And today I have the same juice that I had two and a half years ago, but it's just in ice water.
0: Ah, So same
1: sort of thing. Uh, maybe later tonight I'll have a glass of wine, but, uh, but you know, during the day that's not usually, although, uh, I used to a lot when I was a young
0: musician. So we'll we'll leave yeah. that at that.
1: <laughs> I have evil, I'm, I'm more mature now. And, uh, Somehow sort of,
0: I think most musicians would be able to say something like that.
1: <laughs> it, it's embarrassing if my kids, I have to be careful and some of them might, might hear this. But, um, you know, when I was young, I was around a lot of people that did a lot of things that I, I wouldn't really want them to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just say they were into a lot of things. And I got, I was lucky. I was mm-hmm. just cheap and I've grown up really poor. And when they found out that I would not buy whatever they were offering me, um, then they stopped offering it to me. And I just got lucky. It wasn't some master plan of being good, bad, indifferent, or enjoying myself or not enjoying myself. It's just that that substance costs a lot of money and I didn't have a lot of money. And I just, so it kind of was one of those, ah, oh, that's not worth it to me. So yeah. so I got lucky and missed a lot of that stuff that, as a musician, I'm around it all the time. And I know people that today are insanely great, upstanding citizens that had their moment sure. when they were... Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, where oh, yeah. they might not have been quite so much, but <laughs> <laughs> they recovered.
0: Well that's so, cool. Anyway. So so I guess the uh lemon ginger lemon ginger echinacea juice. I gotta yes. say that a few times to get it right. I, I guess that's a popular one in your studio, huh? It,
1: it well, I always have in my pantry at least uh, three what I don't know two, two liter things of it from Trader Joe's. Wow, sitting as backups. Uh, it's so super strong. If you ever drink it straight, it's just it's almost over, overwhelmingly strong lemonade, you could say. Uh, and I love cutting it two thirds water and one third of this, or two thirds tea and one third of this. Sure.
0: Yeah. Kind, uh, of, kind of more just the flavor.
1: Just a little. I don't know why. I don't like. I uh, I'll drink it, but I'm not a as big of a fan of just. Water, and I always like just a little hint of lemon of something or mm-hmm. something else in it. So, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Well,
0: I'm, I'm having something new tonight. So, last time, two and a half years ago, I had a Gibson, kind of a classic uh-huh. cocktail martini with uh, with cocktail onions instead of olives. Tonight, I, I was just in the mood for a tiki drink, and so cool. I, I decided yeah. to come up with one on my own. I looked through my my book, and just nothing really stood out to me. Uh, and so I just kind of invented one, uh, some light rum. Little mm-hmm. bit of cask strength, twelve year old Barbados dark rum. Okay. Uh, yeah, nice. yeah, oh yeah, nice. it's good stuff. I I tried it by itself a couple of days ago, and it is strong and it is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, some uh, some pineapple juice, a little bit of lime juice. Uh, what else I threw in there? Oh right, cherry hearing and some cherry bitters. So got a little bit of a cherry vibe going on there. And, that's uh, cool. and I'm calling it a SpongeBob rum pants. Cause, uh, you know, he <laughs> lives in a pineapple under the sea. So, <laughs> uh, what the heck, you got some pineapple juice in there. I'll, I'll go with that. So, uh, anyway, that's, that's what I'm having. I hope the, uh, the tea is good for you. I'm so far, I'm enjoying this, uh, little concoction here. I'll see if I can make it to the end of it. But anyway, Don, <laughs> thanks for coming back in. Cheers.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so let's see, what have you, uh, well, first I'll, I'll make sure that everybody knows, I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, episode 20 was when you were here last, uh, two Mm -hmm. and a half years ago. And, uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff back then. I'll tell you the one thing that I remember most from that conversation is when we got, got off topic a little and started talking about how you don't realize when you're younger, Mm -hmm. how much your parents are doing for you. And, oh, yeah. and, and the things that they do for you, you don't realize why those things are important. I've never forgotten that part of our conversation, and I, I think of that often still with, with my own parents, how I saw them doing something and thought, yeah, well, whatever. And uh, realized later what a big deal that was. So yeah. uh, So I remember yeah. that. But, uh, but anyway, that was that was back episode 20. If anybody wants to uh, go back and hear uh, some of, some of your background, the music and, and Detroit and, and all of that stuff. I figure instead of going over all that again, we'll, uh, we'll just point people back to that.
1: Yeah. yeah that's um, perfect.
0: But since then, two and a half years, uh, quite a bit. So I assume a few things have changed. Uh, what are you working on these days? What's your, uh, what's your work breakdown? I know you do coaching, you do teaching. Um, what, what's, uh, what's happening with you in the, in terms of your work these days?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's switched. All right. So, uh, last time I talked to you, I think our family, just my wife and I, we had crossed about 70 audiobooks as uh, so of that last time that I, you know when we did the last one,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then, but my adult son has been a sports broadcaster, done Major League Baseball, done all sorts of things. Uh, he's the voice of WebMD these days. Oh, nice! He's just all over the place. He's got just a crazy, and so he got his mom into doing voiceover, and so uh, fast forward a few years now, she. I looked at her stats uh, about two months ago, and she's crossed six thousand voiceovers. Nice. Uh, and I always joke around with people, and I say if I really want to be irritated, I can call one of about 500 companies and get some woman's voice that I'm really familiar with telling me, <laughs> press one to go to the restroom and press two to get the heck out of here. I mean, cause That's she's just great. done so many corporate things around the world. And my adult son's over 10,000. Um, and they're both have gone from being absolutely non-technical to both of them. Well, first my adult son got interested in doing some video production and then he you know, decided to help me with, uh, with some of the training stuff and he's become reasonably technical. I think he might even be my son. I figured that <laughs> out. Uh, that's
0: and that's my fantastic wife. that, that and that's then, something that he wasn't, um, terribly proficient at that yeah. doing the work that he's been doing. He's gotten very proficient. That's cool.
1: Well, so he got the gig. He's doing like sprint when he got spring training for the Oakland athletics. He was, he's always recorded himself while he's broadcasting. So I had set up a special gig, uh, like a, gig box for him where on his laptop he had studio one running and so he'd be taping himself and then outside studio one would kick out a feed that was going to the major league baseball site so i was kind of doing both ends i engineered for him to pick up good stuff so that he had a great rendition of the game he was broadcasting and then at the same time i had a separate feed splitting off that was optimized to go hit the radio real time on the major league baseball site and uh So that was fun. And, but he didn't, at that time, I don't want to say he didn't care at all, but he's like, Hey dad, can you set it up? But sure, sure. Whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I just, Hey, I find it. I thought it was kind of fun to do today. He's flipped that around and he's now, you know, going, all right, I want to learn this video stuff. And he's doing some video production. He's also into doing some of his own demos out of where that's something that he would have never done three years ago, five years ago. He just didn't care. And then he got his mom, he, he gave her the old, by the way, statistically, dad will die before you. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean,
0: always he, a happy conversation.
1: Yeah. But a, but a good <laughs> conversation and a real, and actually I hats off to him. I kind of thought, you know, I mean, statistically, we can't argue against that. Nope. That's and, true. And, and then now we've had the pandemic. So the reality is something could happen to any of us. And so she... Actually, can uh, she can master her own audio? Because but it's all set up for her. She can run it through R X, uh, but it's all you know, it's all all the presets. She doesn't know all the individual details, mm-hmm. but she can run the whole thing from beginning to end. And at least once a year, like sometimes I go to my son's house uh, to help him do something, and he's a couple thousand miles away. And during that week, she'll do hundred percent of her audio from beginning to end, um, and she masters it. She it goes through RX, then she runs it and uses spectral repair, uh, and, and, you know, instant process and takes out little tiny things. And it's pretty wild. She actually can do it. She still That's doesn't great. know much about it, but she knows enough. And I, and, and, and here's the interesting thing that I think that is a takeaway for me and for other narrators. She's never, she's been an actress since she's been a, a young, you know, uh, before I knew her and I, we, we met at age like 14 or 15, started dating when we were 17 And then, you know, been married ever since, Mm -hmm. but, um, she just never really cared about this stuff, but what she can do now is go from beginning to end. And if something were to happen to me, she's not stuck. Right. And, and it turns out that, uh, she doesn't really, she just wants to act. She's like everybody else, but the real interesting thing, she comes back to me and says, wow, I never realized at the end of this kind of word, I have this weird bump in my voice and I'm like, yeah, I've been taking that out for years. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just would, you know, I didn't say anything about it. What are you going to do? Um, or I could complain, but that didn't help. Yeah. I learned that sort of thing. So what's happened is there's a couple of things that she says, my breaths and I, her breaths and she's normally great at this. And she's learned how to have very measured breaths. Now she started off as a singer in the beginning. Her breaths were like asthmatic because mm. she was used to singing.
0: Right. Suck in a whole so, lot all at once
1: get a bunch of air yeah. <sighs> because they were singing to the back of the room and sure, it didn't yeah. matter. You could take that breath. Well, that didn't work on a mic now for her doing this. She comes back to me and says, Oh, I see in this situation, my breaths are, are very reasonable, but when I'm stressed for time, like she had something she had to put out quickly, she noticed, Hey, I'm, my breaths are much bigger and I had to actually bring them down in a couple places. And I said, yeah, I can always tell if you didn't get enough sleep or if you're time stretched where it's like you have something you need to go to and you're getting something out as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And I hear it in her voice. I hear it in her audio. And so the, the takeaway for me was it's kind of interesting. She's never going to master her own audio and be somebody who wants to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But by doing it on short occasions for short runs, there's a couple of real takeaways she is now fixing some things in her voicing and making it easier and better. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, so she has a feel for this stuff. So she's a better narrator. and yeah. it takes us less time to put something out.
0: Yeah, I, And so I think that's great. I, I think that's absolutely a takeaway for uh, a lot of narrators is you don't have to want to be, you know, super tech head. You don't right. have to want to do all of that, but it's important to be able to understand the pieces and then to be able to listen with a critical ear yep. so that you know what to what to look for and, and what to, um you know, kill at the source in yeah. instead of having to do anything in post.
1: Well, and there are things that I don't think she would have known. And I, in some ways I kind of thought to myself, huh, yeah, yeah, I've been just taking them out for years or I don't – it's not that big a deal. It wasn't some major, oh, you have to rework your whole thing, but she's just – Solve some, some little things and it makes her stuff. Now it also means if we're trying to get an audition out, she can get them out faster because now there's less post to do. And there wasn't much anyway, but there was always some. Sure. And so it's better. And one of the takeaways that for everybody else is that right now, uh, well, you already know this. I'm an admin in the uh, in the ACX group. There's what seven thousand plus people. There yeah, might be seventy five hundred people. Like I don't. It's huge. Yeah. It's 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 gone. Oh, and that's one of the things that's changed in the last two and a half years. When you and I talked, that group I know was less than maybe three thousand people. Sounds the last, about right. And uh, since I'm an admin there, I'm the one that always I every I vet everybody coming in, make sure is if they've answered the questions, I let them in. Pretty much. That's mm-hmm. about you know. Um, I've also sent 5,000 personal messages to each one of them as they (laughs) join. And some months, though, with this COVID thing, COVID has changed the number of people getting into this business. Mm
0: -hmm. And and voiceover in general, I would say. I know uh, a lot of people who I knew previously from my theater days in the Bay Area uh, have recently started to get into voiceover. and. It's because I figure, well, I've been an actor. I'm looking into this. I'm out of work. Uh, you know, I'm out of work. I'm out of work for longer. <laughs> and they start looking for, you know, other ways to deal with that. And uh, it's not surprising that they think, this seems like a good thing. But it's, you know, it takes a while to get established. Takes some capital to get going. But, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that uh, that, that group, ha- that the indie group, has grown fairly quickly recently.
1: Oh, yeah. this last So there are some months where I've added uh, 400 450 people in a month wow and now for most of us that have been around a while i look at it and i think oh you know what's going to happen about six months from now as well i'm going to assume the world will get back to some normality and people will go back to doing whatever they were doing Mm -hmm. theaters will reopen again and but so there's going to be a big sell-off of equipment in six months used voiceover equipment i could see that I, I just predict, I don't know that it'll happen, but I really think that there will be a lot of people if they have another job, cause they're going to find out it's difficult. Yep. This is not because the competition is so intense right now because of all the people coming in and while a lot of the newer people, they're not yet seasoned. They don't know what they don't know. They will in a mm-hmm. short time. Yep. Um, and so they sometimes have one or two pieces of the puzzle. They're great with the tech. Well okay, if you're a great, you know, Hey, I recorded for 10 years. Well, cool people want somebody to connect yeah right
0: yeah, I mean, that's, a... <laughs> that, that's the that's <laughs> way down on the list of what's important it's important but uh, right it's, it's pretty far down on the list
1: <laughs> bad tech will lose you gigs but good tech won't get you gigs
0: exactly that's a great way that's a great way to put it uh, and it's just like you know your recording environment as well exactly. um you know you can you can have the best mic in the world and if you're recording in a you know, big, live, hard surface room, uh, it's not going to sound as good as it will not work. Yeah.
1: Yep. And, and I have a client that I just, that's relatively new to me. She's been doing this and she happened to have the acting side of it totally down and she invested and we spent a couple months, but she just won a job or a a book that she really wanted. And she talked to the rights holder. It had come down to her and another person. Then she got it. She called me, she says, this is wild. I just talked to this person and she said she that the rights holder had over 500 auditions. Wow. Now the rights holder did not listen to 500 auditions. No. Or okay, not not but, more
0: than 10 seconds of 500 no, auditions. No, and
1: <laughs> so it's not that she listened to 500 but but she was amazed that 500 people had submitted mm-hmm. an audition on one book. Yeah. And I don't I that's probably not everything. But as as I'm talking to rights holders, I get to talk to both. I'm seeing you, you're getting a lot more auditions. Now, what does this mean for somebody who's in this business? I'm telling my clients, listen, you do not want to be outside of the first 20 people who audition unless you have no other choice, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of rights holders that they hear, ah, you know, bad, 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 rich. Ooh he sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm going to bookmark that. And then it's bad, 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 bad. Ah, that one's okay. And then terrible, terrible, bad, Ah, maybe. And what they do is they get 20 people deep and they figure out, okay, I loved rich. All right. He was the first one I got to that, that, that guy I really like. And then they might find one other person in the first 20 that is above average. And then they can still go five or 10 auditions deep and not get anybody that they either they don't like their voice or their tech stuff so bad they're not going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And by the time they get to 30 or 40 of these auditions, they start figuring out, I really liked Rich. I haven't come across anybody better. Do I really want to listen to another 40 to find one who's as good as Rich? Yeah, listener fatigue. Yeah, they get tired of it at some point and some people might go a little deeper, but but you're doing yourself a disservice if you can't put your stuff out within and 20 is an arbitrary number. Maybe it's 30, maybe it's 15, but I certainly don't want to. And then I do hear these people sometimes going, well, I send in an email to the rights holder before I audition. And I'm thinking, really? Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, I mean, my take on that is by the time you send in the email, you've just allowed another 10 to 20 to 50 people to audition. Mm. And, and even if they say, yeah, I'll wait for yours, the odds of them that, maybe they still keep it open, but chances are they'll have it filled before you put something in. And then you have the flip side of the whole thing. If you're going to really make it in this business, audition early, audition op- often, go ahead and, and, and audition way more than you think is necessary and it's not going to hurt you. You don't lose. Oh no. I spent 30 minutes. You'll hear people. I spent 30 minutes working on this audition. And then by the time I got there, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I always think, okay, (laughs) sorry, that's this business. But so what you did gain some experience. You either got better at your processing. Hopefully you got better at your voicing and you'd have to do a lot of it. I could,
0: you do. And and the other benefit to doing that, it doesn't feel like it at the time, is that, um, you know, you learn a lot about mm-hmm. not just, you know, the technical side of it or the acting side, but kind of the business side. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so you have to go through auditions. And so hopefully what people take away from that experience, I know I did, it took a while, but was mm-hmm. um, being a little more judicious about what you choose to audition for. Yeah. And, um, trying to be smarter overall and more efficient about how you audition.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the, well, the
0: time frame is certainly part of that, but, but, mm-hmm. um, also just, you know, what you choose to audition for.
1: Yep. Now, if so you're, you're going to have two types of people in a sense, you know, to where somebody's out of work and they're just trying to get one for those people, I just say, Hey, if you have the time, Audition for way you don't need to be uh judicious in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Until you're now that changes. That that whole equation changes once you're booked and you have a couple books. But until you have something, I'm I'm pushing my clients to say, look, I don't care if you do 10 auditions today. You're gonna learn something on each one of them. Most of them you're not gonna get. Yep. And you doing 10. Even if those 10 don't work out for you, those 10 will teach you some things and give you some experience that will happen for something a little bit later. And a little bit later might mean a month, could mean three months, because that's the way this business is. But you got to do a lot, and you want to do more than whatever you think it is. Mm -hmm. If you think 10 is a good number, shoot for 30.
0: If you think 30 is a good number, shoot for 100. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. So, uh, well, it sounds like the family work has been going great. Um, what about you personally? Are you still doing a lot of, uh, coaching a lot of, I mean, I know that you mentioned clients, um, but are you still doing a lot of, uh, coaching on both studio one and RX and maybe anything else?
1: Yeah. Well, I, when we talked last time, I was still doing, uh, private lessons basically every single day and I would gotten to where I'd done over a thousand sessions with people uh, some, wow. and each one of those people would be sometimes one, I might do an hour, hour and a half with them up to people doing five or 10 sessions. And my adult son, Donnie basically said, Hey, we need to put this on video. So I developed two courses. Uh, one's called RX jumpstart. One's called studio one jumpstart. And, uh, like everything else in life, I thought that would be easy
2: <laughs> and, uh,
1: and so I got hit in the head with my own advice of, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, you, 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 put it. So just because I built it, they did not come storming my way. Mm-hmm. Now they didn't do, it didn't do bad in the beginning. It actually did quite well at first, but the normal thing happened, which is you do it and then you need to refine it. And then you need to do some, make some changes and then refine and that kind of thing. And today it's going great. So I do a mixture these days where, uh, people buy the courses and the courses have become wildly popular. Because, uh, the results have been just wild. So the numbers, just to brag. Okay, I got to brag. Sure, this yeah. Is. No,
0: No. that's what I'm looking for, uh, just kind of a breakdown of, of how things are going for, the, uh, for that well, kind of work for you.
1: Well, I in June, I, took a, I, I was doing some stats. I needed to put together some stats, and I started sending messages out to a bunch of people and figured out. At that point, I had over 1,500 chapters per week on average going into ACX. And, and the majors from people that I had worked with.
0: Well, that's great.
1: So now it's 1800 at this point. And I project. Cool, and that's
0: only a few months.
1: Yeah. Well, the, because it, it's one of these things that it's cumulative and the, the, the ball's kind of going crazy mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And I project in the end of this next month across 2000, which gives us a run rate of my clients sending the ACX and the majors. It's crazy. Over a hundred thousand chapters a year. Uh, as of, I'm, I'm it, it looks to me like I'm about four to six weeks away from that happening where literally 2000 chapters a week, uh, over a hundred thousand chapters a year going in. And because I've, I've systemized it, my uh, doing it privately is one thing. And I decided to develop and, and make sure I videoed it and had it all in a system so that people who want to make this thing work can just buy the courses and they have you know, 90% of what they need. And then at the same time, anybody who buys the course, they get uh, a small amount of my time for free included where I go in and help them fine tune it for their specific situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, uh, pleasantly surprised at first it did really well at first, then it had a dip, then COVID came and it went crazy. Yeah. Uh, in a good way.
0: Well, yeah. And, and it, uh, you know, I've, I've done a couple of video courses, not with you, but with somebody else with a coaching thing. And, um, well, that wasn't so much video, but it was uh, not real time. And right. the benefit to those is you don't feel like you're locked into a schedule and right. you can go back and watch it again. Um, yeah. I've got a, a good friend who just did a couple of years who I've been friends with for, ooh, I think, 15, almost 20 years now, uh, um, who who just did some, some of your video courses for both Studio One and RX. And unfortunately, things happened in in their personal lives that mm-hmm. um, sort of took over. And I heard back a couple weeks later that I'm sure that I've forgotten 90% of what I've learned, so I have to go back through it again. The benefit is you can go back through it again. You don't have to schedule another one-hour session with Don Barnes. You can just go back through the videos. And so – and I know that there are people who – maybe they have trouble with the technology side. As somebody who, you know, was a programmer for years, the technology for me has never been hard. But I've got family members and and good (laughs) friends where technology is not their strong suit. And they know that. And so even in that case, whether it's live or not – having to go back is, is almost a requirement because it just doesn't sink in. Cause that's not the way the brain is wired. And yeah. so having, having something to go back to is a, a great benefit.
1: Yep. Well, it was my son, my son that pushed me to it. He basically said, look, you know, you're doing all these privates. You just need to, you need to get it all in a system and get it taped, taped, uh, video. <laughs> <laughs> Showing <laughs> our God, age, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and and it's worked out. The other thing that happens, though, is then now I'm just answering very often for people jumping on a video conference for five or 10 minutes to solve a little problem. And I have found there's a subset of people. A video is excellent for the maybe 80 percent. I don't know exactly what the number is, but I'm going to pick that. And then there's a subset of people that don't do well with video in that. Anybody doing video assumes that a client is at a certain level mm-hmm. because that's what you have to do. Now, I do have a lot of experience with doing this with a thousand people before videoing it, But that means that you, if you took it, you'd be bored to death here and there about some things because you've been doing this so long. you it's like, I know that. I know that. I know that. So it would be below where your current level is.
0: Eh, and then I'm not, be a, not sure about that, but but I'll take your word for it. <laughs>
1: well, but then, and then there's going to be a few places where, it's, uh, it's pushing too fast for somebody
2: right? because, right. Of, the,
1: because of whatever their background is and where the, what, I, what I envision as the middle based on my experience with all these other people. So video, but then they can go back and re-watch it. And uh, matter of fact, I'm working right now. We, we're really close. We're within about two weeks of our next generation uh, where we have an upgraded video player. And we're rebuilding the whole back end because it's worked extremely well but we see that okay if this trajectory continues for another 6 months we're running out we'll run out of capacity on the servers we were on we'll run out of it's just we realized okay before it becomes a problem for our clients we want to put in the next generation so we're a couple of weeks away we've been working our brains out here recently and so we're excited about what's coming up so i think we'll be a lot better and we have the same message i mean i preach this over and over again um, if we don't do it our competitors will so I decided we're going to do it. We're going to upgrade before they get a chance to do something and they're free to do whatever they want. I'm just, I don't even directly worry about them, but we're going to have our second generation before we have someone come in and do something. And I think narrators out there have to think about the big flood of people coming into the business. Now, somebody like you, that's well-established and you have, you have relationships, you have experience and you're at a whole different level than somebody coming in new.
0: But somebody coming
1: in new has to deal with competitors at a level that you and I never dealt with five years ago when we were starting out. I mean, it's.
0: Yeah, but, but even so, I mean, I, I still am concerned about the flood of people in terms of competition. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. And the thing that I love about this industry is that everybody helps everybody else. And I'm, I'm very happy for my colleagues who get books that, that I don't get. And, and that's great, but. Being that it is a business, you do have Correct. to be aware of oh, what yeah. the competition is like, and and maybe competition in in that sense, just given the industry, isn't necessarily the best word. Maybe it's just you know the numbers of people yeah. who are getting into this business. Um, I I really appreciated it when I was I was talking to um, Julie Wilson in the last mm-hmm. interview that I had with her at Penguin Random House. When she said, yeah, it's up so much. I mean, over the, you know, for the past, whatever it was, uh, two or three years ago, we were doing a 1,000 books a year, and now we're doing 1,700. And right. la- later in the conversation, uh, you know, I talked about, well, new narrators and wanting to get established, and and it, it got to the, the question of how they cast and who they're picking. And she said, well, you know, it is up to 1,700 books a year, but that's still only 1700 books a year. I mean, right, it's it's right. not like they have enough books to be able to hire 20,000 narrators. Right? And <laughs> So it's and, really important to be aware of the fact that it's a numbers game and so I am aware that there's a lot of new competition and maybe some of those people are going to come up fast and maybe they're going to be taking some of those jobs. So always always good to be aware of that.
1: Yep. And and we do have a different thing that I'm getting calls because I'm working on the tech side or kind of known for that. I'm getting calls from people that literally were on Broadway five, six months ago, whatever, mm. whenever COVID started. So I'm yeah. last April, I'm probably six months ago as of the taping of this here. Yeah. So they were, they had a Broadway show that they were doing and their acting is off the charts polished. Yep. And then they just need to fill in the tech side of it because they really realize, wow, theater isn't coming back as f- fast as I thought. Yep. And what you said earlier. So we are going to have, we're going to, we're having both ends of the spectrum. We have new people that have no clue just because they're new, not that they're bad people. They just don't know what they don't know yet. Right. And we have some great actors that have that side totally nailed. And while I think, I don't know, 40%, 60%, 80% will drop off like every other business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, uh, not it's unusual. not unusual business no. that people start it seems good. Nah, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um but the numbers that will stay are going to be some really high quality people in terms of experience in areas that, yeah, three, four, five years ago, maybe there were less people that were highly polished as actors coming into it than there are right now because of COVID and, you know, the, the, the what's happening in the whole, you know, whatever, all over the world right mm-hmm. now. So it's a whole different world. Yeah. Um, uh, what I am happy about though, is that like studio one's gone from, Two and a half years ago, when you talked, we were probably parity with everybody else in terms of how much that thing was working in the marketplace. And today is starting to dominate. Uh, I, there was a survey in the, in the ACX group. There's been two of them over the last six months, and it got more votes than the next three combined.
0: It's wow, kind of, I didn't realize right. that. I mean, I know that it's very popular among narrators for yep. for several reasons. Um, yeah, but I didn't realize that. Well, well, that's good. That kind of leads me to my next uh, my next question, which is about changes in the technology. I mean, you're you're updating your video courses and and what it is that you work with people on. Um, so, what are the tech trends that you see? Um, what what's happening in terms of audio recording technologically?
1: Yeah, well, you've got Every piece of software continues to upgrade so that our tools that we get to use continue to get better and better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even the worst of them gets better and better. So it's better at the low end. It's better at the high end. There are more shortcuts available. RX has come along to the point where it can deal with issues that it never could deal with before. And I have people going to the majors that have an air conditioner in their space and because they live in Texas or they live in a, a very warm environment and they're pretty much realized hey i just i have to run more air and we're taking it out with rx at a level that we never would have done a few years ago so the tech is allowing more people to work in more situations while i never like taking things out with tech if we have any other option i am seeing the tools have matured to the point where they can do it and then you have the secondary thing where punch and roll when we talked two and a half years ago there was some controversy in the business about, oh, should I do punch and roll or should I not do punch and roll? And not everybody does. You can still find people that have been around a while that have a few hundred books and they've, they've, they don't do punch and roll, yep. but it's become the thing that's just standard. And that's what people are starting to learn right from the beginning, which does allow them to put out auditions sooner, which does allow them to have an easier and less time consuming path instead of all the editing that I did. You know, when I started out, I mean, it was crazy. Before I was doing punch and roll, all the work I had to do, mm-hmm. and almost everybody else. So people are now starting with better tools than we ever
0: dreamed of. Maybe that's maybe that's why I haven't seen recently very many posts of people asking, well, so what is this punch and roll that I keep seeing referenced? Yeah. Um because you're right, two and a half years ago that was frequent. I would see. Yeah. Well, I'm using a dog clicker and I keep keep right. keep seeing people talk about punch and roll. What is that? I don't see that all that often anymore, so I could see how it's um how, how it's definitely gained in popularity from the get-go. And I will raise my hand on that air conditioner thing. Um, I'll tell you, we went through the summer, and mm-hmm. I, you know, normally I would try to schedule my recording so it was during the day when my wife was at work, and I wouldn't really care if the right. house got up to 85 degrees. Um, exactly, and then yeah. I would I would just schedule things so that I could turn it down an hour before she was going to get home, and she's been home since March. Right. Um, and right. so... I I was trying to schedule it so that I could turn it off and then turn it on again for a half an hour, 45 minutes so that she wouldn't be roasting and then right. turn it off and record for a half an hour and then turn it on again. And by the by the end of the summer, it was um, really wearing on me. And I thought uh, by, before next summer, I mm-hmm. have to figure out how to deal with this. So yeah. one thing that we did was we got a new air conditioning system, which is great. It's <laughs> uh, it's a variable speed, and so it's not go. always running super hot. But right. here in Tucson, it's mm-hmm. going to be running super high most of the summer, right. and and it was when it's running at its highest, it's just as loud. So uh, I went ahead and got RX, which I hadn't before. Um, mm-hmm. I've been outsourcing for a while and I just leave all of that stuff to, to my editor, yeah. but right. I finally, you know, if I'm going to be submitting, you know, quote unquote, clean audio to right. a publisher, um, Absolutely. I don't know that they're going to be happy with this air conditioning running in the background. And so I went ahead and got RX and I watched your video on taking <sighs> air conditioning out. It's from, I think it was okay. from two or three years ago, Yeah. but the, but the, <laughs> b- the principles still apply. In yep. the tool. And so I went through those steps. I did it exactly. And I was amazed at the result. I listened to them side by side and I was amazed at the result. So I, I totally see what you're saying about the tools getting better.
1: And, and and what you just said, though, is what what's happened over the last year is that there are people in so many recording situations that before they had an option, they could record it during the day. They could record during certain times. But with everybody home now all the time, it's changed the dynamics, but also the tools have matured so that if you knew how many people I have going to the majors that in some ways I think, ah, oh, you really should invest more in your room. Okay. I've thought of that, but I don't say that out loud. Um, but sometimes they can't in that they're in a situation that they're in a condo mm-hmm. and for them to move or to, you know, it turns out that the situation they're in, they're already a great actor. they already have contacts. And all they need is a tiny bit. They don't need a major rework. And so the tech, and I used to go, no, 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 we're just going to try to solve it the other way. And now I go, well, you know what? We add EQ to your voice. We have a high-pass filter. We have a limiter on your thing. What's the difference if we do it right? And really, I just call them my 007 stacks, where <laughs> where we do something that I look at it as an engineer and say, nobody will know we've ever been here mm-hmm. and that i won't i want to make sure it's that i look at it and i just think oh rich has a great room i don't know you have an air conditioner running you had this fascinating thing going on with the majors the majors now are are sometimes blown away because there's so many people at home now being able to submit things in a pretty quick fashion they're not working another job now mm-hmm. and they're getting so many submissions that some of their engineers can also get overwhelmed and they don't have the time to go through things. So I get this call that says, "My last book had so much mouth noise. I thought their engineers would take it out. Can we take it out before I send it to them?" Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." Yeah. And so they're 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 not doing a full, you know, full-blown let's make it mastered and send in a finished thing, but they're taking out their own mouth noise before it ever gets to them knowing that sometimes those engineers are now overwhelmed. It used to just be the ACX people would put through stuff that wasn't, you know, was just okay. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes the majors just don't have time. They've got enough coming in. So yeah, the tech's really matured and Studio One is killing it. And so it's, you know, my business going crazy in a good way. Yeah, Uh, no,
0: that's good. Um, I know that you're familiar with a lot of of, um, DAWs, a lot of um, digital mm -hmm. audio workstation software. Yep. But but you but I also know that you focus on Studio One. Um, mm-hmm. What do you keep up with the other ones? Do you keep up with Reaper and <laughs> <do>. and Audacity <laughs> and and the other ones? I
1: irritate all the all of the people in the other groups all the time. <laughs> um, I'm a member of every dog group that I can find. I I lit- and I scan them at least once a week, but very often more than that. I, I do not read every post, but I scan looking for. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? I, I have a paid copy of Reaper, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a paid copy of Twisted Wave, I have audition. I, I buy them all um, simply because I want to keep up with what they're doing. Sure yeah. Uh, one of the things that irritates me in this business is there are people who have worked with one tool and they tell everybody, this is the greatest tool. And I, it's fine, but they don't have perspective. and I, and I really want to know that if I'm gonna say, RX is the best noise reduction overall, uh, that Akon, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. There's this, there, uh, has has a denoiser and I've compared them back and forth a hundred times. Literally I've put together all sorts of test runs on different things and I constantly do that. And I have a lot of respect for the other DAWs and what's going on out there. Um, but I picked the tools that I'm betting that in the future, these tools will win because of their overall. Mm-hmm. Not because of, uh, I can find something better. I can find a feature I like better in Audacity or that's missing from Studio One. Mm-hmm. And I can find certainly things in Reaper that uh, I like the way that Reaper does that better than Studio One. Um, but as an overall package, no. Right now, these two tools are the ones that are going to kill it. And I'm I'm betting on it, but I also watch the other ones. And fortunately, I've built relationships Uh, with the teams that develop both of these products, I mean, you already know I'm the father of the mouthy clicker. So Mm -hmm. my wife was patient zero for that. I sent them, (laughs) I sent that she used to hate when I'd say that she's gotten over that, but I sent them the original
0: noisy on the mic right now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) The thing that that killed her was I sent in her worst audio, like from the worst time she had a, like, I think she had a cold or something and she was just (laughs) terrible. And I sent it into him. And, and it's really why the tool is so good because they got some really, you know, some, some very hard problems to solve. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's what their starting stuff was. And so her audio, she literally is patient zero for it. And she's, she's the examples on there, the making of the RX six mouth, the clicker site. Uh, so anyway, that's,
0: I, that's great. I, that's the next feature of RX standard that I plan on learning because oh yeah. it's, it's not something that I tend to have a lot of difficulty with, with, but it's something that I tend to have a lot of difficulty with intermittently. It's like exactly. usually I'm at kind of the base level of, I don't know, whatever it is, I have a certain yeah. number of clicks. And then sometimes whether it's time of day or hydration or food or I don't know what it is, yeah. sometimes it's just much worse. And so I really need to get familiar now that I have RX, I really need to get familiar with that. It's interesting what you say about sending the audio to, to the majors because I know that I've, I've read this from other engineers online and I have experienced it myself. The, mm-hmm. the requirements vary from publisher right. to publisher right. and there are a couple of them that I have gotten where I've thought I can't do that. I right. I just, I know what my raw audio looks like in terms of the numbers right. and I can't meet that. And so I've had to do stuff. I've, I've had to modify the raw audio before yep. sending it in as raw audio. So Correct. that it so that it didn't have, or so that the RMS was at a certain level, and so that the the peaks were, you know, below Within a certain level. Yeah. Um, and so and I think that, level, yeah. And so the noise level, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And I I think that's getting more common. Is that it is. the requirements <laughs> are becoming more difficult to meet in raw audio? So having right. a tool where you can modify your raw audio in a way that is virtually undetectable, I think, right. is kind of a game changer.
1: Well. You know, if I'm going to go outside with my makeup, I need to look natural. No, I don't, I'm just kidding. On <laughs> but uh, the, the issue though is, although I've done a couple television things over the years where I was on a news show a couple times and you go in and sit in a chair and some makeup artist puts things on you. And I always think of it as the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't want, if I act like a clown, that's my problem,
2: <laughs> but they don't want
1: me to look like a clown when they put me on the show. So they don't want the lights that are in that room to be shining on my face and my forehead. So uh, there's a little bit of makeup they put on to make you look, quote, natural, natural yeah. over a camera. Well, we have the same thing here where if you do a little bit of makeup using RX the right ways, then you can go ahead and just put a couple little uh, touch-ups there and it goes in and everyone assumes it's raw. But the real absolute raw is far rarer than most people know. And it's just yeah. not going to change because the tools have gotten so good. You just can't do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you there's, a, there's a couple little kind of rules that I have for myself and as to how much I do. And you just want it to still look like, okay, my room is just really good. And I have people right now. There's a gentleman I can think of right now who is on his 15th book as of uh, about three months ago. I don't know where he's at now, but he was about 50, three months ago. And he came to me and he had gotten rejected from them before he had his first book. And we did a little touch up and he just went back and said, yes, I've made some tweaks. He did not say his tweaks were tech. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they, I believe they assume his tweaks were, he had done things to his room or his mic or his center. I think that's what they believe, but we didn't tell him any different. Yeah, we just said, yeah. done some tweaks and they said, oh, this is much better. This is great. We can work with you. And you know, today's 15 books in, so you can do it. You just have to be careful. There's a, there are some rules, there are some guidelines and it's yeah. just a matter of doing it for, gently and yeah, don't make it
0: worse. <laughs> e- exactly. For any of these tools, it's almost always a matter of doing it gently. I, I actually bought Akon, uh, digital restoration suite. I think it was mm-hmm. ooh, probably five years ago. Yep. And, uh, and I did use it for a while. And at some point I was listening back to something and I, I noticed multiple digital artifacts in something yep. that i had declicked right and i and a couple of them is like well i'm going to look at that as the way that i look of a look at a lot of mouth noise which is that i think that narrators focus on it much more than listeners do correct but there were a couple of times when i listened to it and i thought i would notice this anybody would notice this as a listener And, and I thought it's just, it, it sounds goofy. It sounds digital. It it sounds like you're looking at a screen and you see the pixels flutter, you know, it just, you just, you notice it. It was very noticeable. And so I stopped using it. I thought if I can't trust this software, um, to, to do what I want it to do without adding a whole ton of digital artifacts and, and in a, you know, a book where the only thing that you're hearing is the human voice. I <laughs> right. consider a few to be a lot. Um, yeah. you know, I, I just thought I just can't do this. And so I stopped and I, I allowed myself to think, you know, I think that listeners don't focus on this as much as other people. Never gotten a complaint about it. But <laughs> like I said, there are times when it can be problematic. And so, uh, de- mouth declick is, is definitely next on my list.
1: Well, mouth declick one of the few that, uh, that one's actually harder to create artifacts with. If somebody it uses it even reasonably and they even push that one, that one's just a different animal than the others. It was it was created far later in the cycle, where if you could look at some of the denoisers, I happened to I, I'd become friends with the guy who wrote the original denoisers in RX and the original declickers. And I got to see that, okay, the mouth declicker is the result of him having Over five years in the marketplace with his original stuff and being able to refine and figure out how to do it at a level that is actually better than what he had done in previous generations. Because he improved. The technology improved. Mm -hmm. The processors have so much more power these days that he knew he could do some things that he couldn't do in previous generations. So, yeah, the tech moved on that's one tool that, that people can use. And, uh, the other thing that people don't understand is some of these other denoisers are actually pretty good in many situations, but nothing beats having the visuals in a spectrogram to see what these things are taking out and giving you that secondary look at it. Now for me, everything is about listening first, but then you can cross check it mm-hmm. just like you do in all sorts of other things in life. It, you don't want one way. If, if we're driving and we have a rear view mirror, most of us that are a little more mature, we use the rear view mirror. We also do a shoulder check to verify that, that there's no car beside us when we're changing lanes. Mm-hmm. We don't depend on the mirror only, right? The mirrors is usually right. And it's all gotten better. Now that cars have their own little, uh, you know, uh, lane indicators and things like that, but point being that we cross-check things in life and now when you have the visuals as well, that's how you tune all these things also is having the visuals to go along with what you're hearing and when you know what to look for and you know what to listen for. Ah amazing what we can do these days.
0: Yeah. So it's no, pretty wild.
1: And it's going to get better.
0: That's great. That's great. And yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm sure that it will. Sometimes it's it's frustrating when it doesn't happen as quickly as you'd like. Well, why doesn't this tool do this? And why is it so hard to make this happen? Eh, give it a couple of years, it will.
1: <laughs> it will. It will. I, there's, you know what? It's going to put engineers... Uh, I don't want to say out of business, but it is going to reduce the need for them. People today who choose to can master their own audio without an enge- without an engineer if they have the right tools.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it comes out pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: and I'm and it's like a lot of things in life, could it be better in a couple instances? Yep. It always can be better. Mm-hmm. But can it be something that's way 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 above average without having an engineer? Once it's set up these days, the tools can do it. And it's at a different level than it was, you know, a few years ago. And I just don't see that stopping. Yeah. And, you know, and also I see even the proofing stuff. You, we, I, we could, at some point we should talk about the positron world and what's happening with all that proofing. Ooh, stuff. that's
0: a whole other conversation. I'm not yeah, prepared for that it's, one right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a big can of worms. I know it's, it's, it says, love is. it, hate it, whatever, yeah. but it,
1: but it is an example, uh, where right now. You see, it's in its infancy.
0: Yeah, and and, and I, I do I completely agree with that, and I and I do yep. look forward to seeing how that tool and how other tools like it might mm-hmm. might progress to where yep. it's uh, a different situation. Um, yeah, you know so when, we'll
1: we'll leave that one for now, but we can talk yeah. about it. It's pretty amazing, <laughs> that, and it's controversial, and it's always going to be. Yeah, what? But but the same thing has happened with with a lot of the engineering stuff already that things you used to uh, five years ago, three years ago, you needed an engineer to do some stuff. Now the tools are at the point where a lot of people without any effort, once they're set up, can get some great stuff. And they don't need an engineer looking handling some aspects of this. And I just think that'll continue over time. And the tech will, the tech will continue. So a lot of people are, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I I do agree that you don't want to change just to change Mm because that's, that's not helpful. Right. But I think that if you're not watching for what's coming down the road and you let your competitors who are good actors have access to great tools and they can put it out faster than you, then they start winning auditions that you were absolutely qualified for, but you didn't get something in fast enough because they had better tools. Yeah. And that's, that is coming down the road for people that stay in this business. So, uh, I hope people are hanging on, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, not... I agree. Um, pay attention to the industry that you're in, whatever that industry happens to be.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And, and see what's happening
0: and, and all the aspects of it. Um, yep. So yep. one of the things that we talked about uh, last time back in episode 22 and a half years ago was the importance of making sure that you have your work checked by a competent professional in whatever that happens to be. And uh, if I remember correctly, you're doing something like that on the tech side
1: yeah i started i was kind of crazy a little bit earlier this year and i started something called expert ears i've got a page on my website literally called expert ears and i and if you know i mean i was always resistant to the word expert i just hate the turn i hate the idea that i that expert always implied to me that some guy thinks he knows it all yeah <laughs> so i avoided that i like i've never applied the word expert to me and i always think i musicians have a forever improved mentality, and you never arrive. And that was kind of beat into me from the time I was 14 about any art. You will never arrive. You will never be as good as you can be. You you will never reach your potential. That doesn't mean you can't be stronger than all your peers around you, but you'll never arrive. So, But anyway, uh, probably six months ago, four months ago, I started something called Expert Ears, and it's a free service. I think I'm going to keep it free. I've left the I've left the uh, door open to charging for it, but people can submit a sample, audiobook, voiceover, podcast, and I'm listening to everyone. I, if you uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of rooms I've listened to now just in the last few months, and there's a couple things I do win. It's surprised me how much I've learned. Because I'm actually hearing some things that it's like, ooh, I never thought of that one. Mm. Because it's just the vast numbers. And so I I am dedicating some time every day to listening to people's audio. And it's uh, so redbarnsaudio.com slash expert ears. uh, My little plug there. Sure. No, Uh, that's that's fine. But it's a free service.
0: I think it's a great service. I think that if more people understood how important it is to make sure that they... Even if they can't improve X, Y, or Z about their space, at least being aware of it so that yep. in the future they might be able to improve X, Y, or Z, I think that's super important. And so I think it's it's great when there's somebody like you who's offering a service, whether it's free or not, to, yep. to somebody to at least understand what the challenges are that you're facing when it comes to, uh, room or tech or whatever it is. So, so yeah, I think it's great. I'm, I'm happy to have you plug that here.
1: Well, and I've been excited in that a lot of times it's like, Hey, go to the resale shop and get some more moving blankets or blankets and put them up on your walls. I mean, sometimes it's not a big, Oh, go spend a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. It's there's some simple things that people just didn't think about because they're so focused in one area and they, or they're way too far away from their mic and no one's telling them. And it's like me having bad breath and I'm out at a, an event and nobody's saying, Whoa, time yeah. <laughs> have a mint or have some gum or yeah. do something. And nobody's saying anything. Uh, my job, I, I take it pretty seriously. I am, even if I have to, I am very nice about it and, and people should have submitted things that I think, okay, that's not really strong, but that's, it's not. It's not going to take us, you know, $400 or $10,000 to solve that problem. That's something that you could solve for 50 bucks Mm -hmm. and you can make your stuff so much more competitive. So anyway. I'm really happy with it. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can until I can't do it anymore for free. <laughs> um, that could be two weeks from now. It could be 16 months. I, I could charge 10 bucks for it. I've had people say, oh, you could have charged me hundred bucks for this. I'm not going to do that, yeah. but I am saying that I've left the door open sure. and for now I'm leaving it free and I know it'll be free for at least, you know, months mm-hmm. and we'll see next year. I'll just evaluate every six months based on, can I keep doing it? If I could keep doing it, I will. But, uh, sure. it's given me you, a chance Yeah, and, and and, it's given me a chance to help other people. It's yeah, really fun.
0: And anything on the business side, you have to reevaluate and you say, does this make sense for the business? It did a year yep. ago. Does it now? Well, yep. it still does. Great. I'll still do it. Nope. It doesn't.
1: Yeah. Doing <laughs> <It's>, something else. <laughs> but it's taught me a lot. It's taught some other people a lot. It's been fun. Um, we actually have a riot cause I do a 15 minute free video chat with people. So I've been able to talk with, uh, if you knew how many hundreds of people, yeah, I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's crazy. and And it's embarrassing because I'll talk to somebody on a video chat for fifteen minutes. And then I don't talk to them for another three months for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to me, and I have to—I have to admit. Oh, you know, I don't really. Who's remember this again? Who you yeah, now
0: I understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, especially being a moderator in the Indie ACX group—that's like seven thousand yeah. people, like you said. I mean, there's a lot of names.
1: And um, and the Jumpstart—I mean, the the Studio One group that I have has twenty-six hundred. The RX group has thirty-seven hundred, and I'm in those groups every day, so I see people's names all the time. I can't keep straight though who I've yeah. talked to. Yeah, no, I have. totally and understandable. Most people, most people are forgiving about it, but I do feel bad. I really would rather meet somebody, remember them, and oh yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> no, whether sorry. it's through the expert ears or your one-on-one coaching with people, what do you think is the most common technological mistake people make, or uh, not even necessarily technological, but that's primarily what you're focused on, I know, is the technology. So what do you, what do you think is the most common thing where if you could just tell people, don't do this, it would solve the problem. It would solve like 50% of the problems out there.
1: Yeah. I don't know if we can get to 50, but yeah,
0: that's pretty high.
1: (laughs) A lot of times, well, uh, it, so it kind of depends on what level they're at, but let's talk about somebody who's new. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they just, the world is a really quiet place until you start recording. (laughs) Yeah. They don't realize, for example, uh, a lot of these people live in these elite places that have a refrigerator and they don't realize that that refrigerator vibrates some, some, uh, beams in their floor or their ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that's picked up in a lot of, in their recording space. And it's quiet enough that they don't hear it. But once we amplify something up to the final level then that refrigerator is now heard mm-hmm. in their audio. Yeah. It can also be re- air conditioner and it might not even be their air conditioner. I have people I've just worked with recently, their neighbor's air conditioner when it was on was just vibrating the, the soil, the area around their house enough, and it was in their audio.
0: Well, the the Um, video that I watched, I think, from a couple of years ago, it was at least a year ago, might have been two years ago, when I was looking to fix my air conditioning, if I remember correctly, the situation was an apartment building and it was the mm -hmm. air conditioners that were up on the roof that had nothing to do with your unit. You could turn yours off, but they're still running up there.
1: I had that. Yeah. I had that with my son's place one time where he was at an apartment complex that outside one of his windows, there were three air conditioning units. I think that's so the, his I could think be that's off, what the other one for that could be video. On. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it works out that way that it may not even be your issue, but we don't, people don't hear it. And this is one of the common things that there's background noises in their space. Their space is not well enough treated. They, and it's not an expensive thing to treat your space at the, at the early stages especially if you don't care how it looks to begin with, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not doing video. Right. Um, I don't need a background that's all pretty and you know, that kind of thing. So making it sound good, the first step is to treat your room. You know, this already people that have been around a while. So I find over and over again, they don't realize how much the room treatment needs to happen. Uh, They're at the level that it needs to happen, that they also need to be aware that refrigerators, air conditioners, or fans. They have a fan in another room that's too close. And so they're just not hearing it yet. And until they get the tools like RX that gives them a visual on it, Mm -hmm. because that stuff doesn't usually show up in a regular DAW view that's the waveform view. It shows up when you have a spectrogram where you can see high frequencies, low frequencies. And then it's like an X-ray. And with that x-ray, you instantly can see, oh, there's a broken bone. Well, there's a refrigerator. I recognize refrigerators (laughs) and fans and air conditioners. They all look similar. Uh, So the number one thing that comes up over and over again is an underestimate. Let's see. Underestimate. Good thing I don't talk for a living. (laughs) (laughs) They underestimate how much room treatment they really need to get a really solid starting point. And if they would do that, life would be a little bit easier. And then the second thing is they're inconsistent with their environment, that they have a mic that swings in and out and they don't realize, hey, being six inches further away is a big deal.
0: Oh, I would um, say being one inch further away. Well, <laughs> when I'm when I'm trying to do pickups, holy cow. If yeah. you don't if you don't get that mic in just the right place, I'm I'm going back and forth until I get just the sweet spot to where it was yep. initially. And I'm I'm really careful about knowing where my white where my mic is at any yes. one given point. But Correct. just an inch difference, boy, makes a difference.
1: Well, and that's definitely a, a factor of which type of mic you have as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Some people, some people. I'm going to guess that you have a shotgun mic of some sort?
0: No, actually, I, oh. I've got a, uh, like, geez, this thing is like a 20-year-old Rode NT1A.
1: Cool, cool, yeah, cool, it's cool. A, it's,
0: it's, a, it's been a workhorse. I'm, I'm looking forward to upgrading <laughs> someday, but uh, for, for now, it's still working fine.
1: Oh, here's the dirty secret in this business that you already know. The mic is way less important than the quality of your room treatment. Absolutely, now, I, I, I absolutely
0: take, know that. Yep.
1: Yeah, of course you know that. And the other people they're worried about. Oh, I need a thousand dollar mic, and I'm thinking, no, nope. you don't really. Nope. If your room is the way your room is right now, spend just $100 on a hundred dollars on on some room treatment, and yep. it's, it's and and I'm rocking a a, a mic, a, a Sennheiser mic that is right now forty five years old. Mm, wow. Uh, And I still, you know, it's my go, it's what I use every single day for video. It's what I, and, um, now I have a really good mic for my wife, for her room, (laughs) but, but, and this is a great mic. Okay. It's just, the issue is that I, the Sennheiser gentleman at, at Nam. I talked to him and I said, I have this model mic. And he looked at me and he says, oh really? And he said, well, don't drop that thing. (laughs) Why is that? And he says, well, to be honest with you, we absolutely have run out of parts for that model Mm. and they're not making them. And if you drop it, then we are going and you send it in for service. We are going to replace it with the current generation. Cause there are no parts for that model. It's yeah. just too old. So <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. <laughs> anyway. That's so, funny. uh, two things De- deal with your room first. Don't worry about a super expensive mic. If your room is totally tweaked out, then we can talk about upgrading the rest of your equipment to match. Mm-hmm. But if the room is not in great shape having this killer expensive mic the only thing that's good for is vanity yeah and and uh, and i have to admit now there is some value in vanity for feeling good about my setup
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I... and i i will have a lot more authority if i feel good about it so there's nothing wrong with rocking a thousand dollar or fifteen hundred dollar mic if that makes you feel like better about yourself that actually comes through in the recording so i don't have a problem with that
0: yeah no i i I agree and when i upgrade my mic Mm -hmm. most of it's going to be that because this mic is fine i get that i'm getting work i'm i'm doing okay with it the i think it sounds good Uh, i know that the the most often uh heard uh, or seen complaint that i see about the rode nt1a is that it's a little bright it's a little brittle <laughs> little uh sibilance comes through that's typically not a problem for me and so right. uh so i don't worry about it and i think it's great but when i have the money i'm going to upgrade to the mic that i want because yeah. i can because i yes. want to and that's the only reason yeah i'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> it's like driving a brand new car i've yeah. it a
1: few times in my life i've i've purchased two new cars in my life and the rest of them have all been used. Yeah. And there is some fun in driving in and being the first one to put the first ding in. That part's not fun, Yeah, (laughs) but but it's still nice to know over the car that when there was a ding in it, I put it in there instead of the other guy and that's fine. So I respect that, but it's not, Not if we're talking about new people getting started, Yeah, the the mic is the least important overall within reason. I do say it's, it's helpful if you get into a mic and mentally you're probably thinking of about a hundred and fifty dollar mic, hundred and fifty to two fifty, if you can pull that off. The mics in that range these days are really nice for yeah. that kind of price range. Yeah, I mean, talking it's
0: about yeah, talking about the software getting better, mics have too. Uh yeah. better and less expensive. So
1: and so anything in that range for for getting started. And then it does help, uh, and this seems self-serving, but if you do have somebody listen to it. That actually has the ears to hear the differences, they can show you things. Like I show people things right in. I just do a video chat and show it to them in RX and I say, see that right there? And then when you can isolate it, then they start saying, oh, now I see it. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like anything else. If I have a little spot on my shirt and you notice that I have a spot on my tie, for example, then it's just a distraction. But once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. Yep. <laughs> once you hear mouth noise, you can't, you end up recognizing it elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some debates going on as we're filming this, or video, or uh, recording this. And if those guys have mouth noise, I notice it all the time. hmm All these live things that people are doing, I've learned to ignore their mouth noise any live situation if you listen to it and if you have the ears you can hear so many are on a decent playback system yeah okay? yeah and I, I watch Netflix and it's like oh guys and it's a distraction but that's a whole nother subject
0: yeah so no anything else
1: uh, you can you. think of that uh, that that uh, I can assist with today
0: no I I think that's it I uh, I think this is great this is a great refresher and uh hearing about some of the new stuff too and and what you've been up to I know that it's very helpful my my good friend who who uh, went through the courses for both um, for both Studio One and RX. Uh, spoke very highly of them, uh, oh, cool. and and so uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great resource. The expert ears as well. Um, so so no, this is great. I'm so glad you could make it back in. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you, Don?
1: I have a, a site, uh, RedBarnsAudio.com. And of course, my last name is spelled funny. It's uh, two ways and no E. It should look like a typo. <laughs> this is how we joke about it. Uh, but two ways and no E. B A A R N S. Uh, so Red Barnes Audio, all one word. And then, of course, I have S1JumpStart.com and RXJumpStart.com.
0: Oh, great! You've got and, separate uh, websites so, for the uh, for the courses.
1: Yeah, because I needed to make it easy for people. If they're, I mean, because a lot of people who have the RX stuff, they could be on Audacity or they could be on Pro Tools or they can be on Reaper and they're just doing the RX jumpstart. So it's not just people that are doing Studio One that also do RX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got people on every DAW that exists out there, which is why when you asked me earlier, do I keep up with the other ones? It's like, oh, yeah, because. A lot of my clients oh, are sure, on yeah. the RX side, not just the Studio One side, right, so, yeah. hadn't thought so about that's that. why <laughs> I have to follow the other ones, uh, and I follow them because I have so many clients on on whatever. I don't really care. I'm kind of agnostic to that. I do think Studio One's the best package overall, but I have a lot of respect for some of the other things, and I've seen people just kill it. And they almost could use an eight track, okay, back in the day. (laughs) Uh, So I have seen people that do kill it using all sorts of interesting things. I do sometimes think, wow, you're working way harder than I would ever work or (laughs) that I had ever cared to work. And they're working extra hard, but that doesn't mean they can't be highly successful uh, using a lot of different tools. So sure, I'm yeah. pretty agnostic on
0: that. Right? No, no, it makes sense. So, All right. Well, Don, thanks so much for coming back in. I hope that the, uh, that the, the, um, juice infused water was, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how to put that exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. I, I, I hope that combination was good. The, uh, the SpongeBob rum pants is almost gone. I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan kind of a, yeah. a homemade tiki.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny when you said that, I thought, ah, oh, the one drink that I, I might've considered it would have been like a Mai Tai type oh, thing. Yeah. Okay? Mai Tai is a classic. It's just, it's just a classic of what you're talking about. It's some rum and some, some juices and that would have, that would work for me as well. So you and I are on the same page. And I, I'm, I'm about two thirds gone on my, uh, ice water Echinacea well, combination. That's, good. that's so, good. I,
0: um, I, I would have thought of a Mai Tai, but I don't have any Orge at the moment. And, um, it's kind of hard to make up on your own at the spur yeah. of the moment, so yeah. uh, I just decided, you know, what I'm just going to make up something myself. So, I what I what I was thinking of with the cherry hearing was uh, kind of going in the Singapore sling direction, but as a tiki <laughs> rum drink instead of a gin drink, and yeah. uh, I don't know, came out pretty well.
1: You know the the great thing about a lot of that stuff is uh, it doesn't absolutely matter one way or another. No, well, it doesn't. It <laughs> tasting good, so that was that's smart. Yeah. I like your attitude. Exactly. About that, yep, so. it
0: worked fine. <laughs> cool,
1: cool, cool. All right. Thanks a All lot, right, Don. Well, appreciate your And thank your you time. for inviting me back. I really appreciate it, and uh, you know I look forward to doing this two and a half years from now again.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. I'm sure that there will be a lot more changes in the next there two and a half be. years. There will be.
1: And you yeah. and I will still be doing this. I predict. <laughs> I and, predict uh, the
0: same thing. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks, Don. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for tonight. Many thanks to Don Barnes for coming back in. I enjoyed hearing his observations about what's changed in the audiobook world in the past two and a half years and about his expert ears and jumpstart programs, and I hope you did too. Don't forget to check out the sponsor for tonight's episode, Squeaky Cheese Productions. They're on the cutting wedge, they're on the web at squeakycheeseproductions.com, and I'm very grateful for their support of the audiobook speakeasy. And remember to keep an eye out for Bill Lord's narration of David Stever's Raven Rain, book three in the Johnny Della Rosa thriller series, coming soon to Audible. Bill nails the narration in the first book in the series, Auburn Ride, and I'm sure Raven Rain will be just as good. Many thanks to Bill for his support of the speakeasy. As always, you can find the Audiobook Speakeasy on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podbean, and all the usual apps. And you can find me at richvoiceproductions.com, where I've got some samples and links to audiobooks I've narrated, and where I'm also posting episodes of the Audiobook Speakeasy. If you're enjoying our Speakeasy chats, please take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And if you're not enjoying them, please find a podcast you do enjoy and leave them a review. If you think this show is educational, entertaining, or valuable simply because it gives you an excuse to sit down and enjoy a cocktail in an otherwise hectic day, I'd really appreciate it if you'd add a buck or two to the tip jar. You can make a per-episode donation by signing up at patreon.com audiobookspeakeasy, or you can make a one-time donation by visiting paypal.me audiobookspeakeasy. Any financial support is greatly appreciated as it helps me keep the lights on here in the speakeasy. Until we see you here in the speakeasy again, I hope you can find some time to enjoy an audiobook. Cheers!